megalomaniac. You, the person who has to make everything about you. You walk around like you own the place. Hell, you call my ring your yard. You act like everything in this world has to go through you. You always just have to go playing the hero. Like last week when you saved the day for your buddy Seth Rollins. Uh, it's not actually just his buddy, that's a former intercontinental champion, Seth Rollins. That actually, thank you, thank you. That actually brings us to the reason we're out here. Big Dog, you want everything to go through you? That's uh, fine by us. Since you stuck your nose in our business last week, I'd say it's only fair that we would return the favor right now. Oh no. This does not bode well for Roman Reigns. And now McIntyre and Ziggler looking to beat down Roman Reigns. And now the mugging is off. The payback is McIntyre causing. Roman asked for this in Dolphin Drew's opinion. There's no question. Uh oh, here comes Roman. Roman Reigns deserves this. Seth Rollins, the architect. Heading to the ring, and McIntyre gonna drag Dolph Ziggler out of harm's way. Yeah, Dolph needs to get out of there. Rollins fired up. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Justin, you failed to mention that not only is this an episode of Top Marks, this is a very special... Special episode of Top Marks. Yeah, this is a special episode in that uh, we are recording in the Real Good Studio, of course. True. Uh, but it's almost uh, like the Real Good sweat box today. <laughs> the Real Good sauna. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we we are just... Uh, it's it's a shirtless podcast factory at the moment. Yeah, uh, this is this is uh, the most uh, sort of shared air I think you and I have had. This room is not huge. We are both sweating. It is warm. We're both shirtless. Uh, I got to say, there's people who pay money to uh, to see this uh, video content. Oh yeah, if this if this was a live stream, oh bud, my god, we could put it on like uh, Chatterbait. We would be laid or, and paid, or one of those things. <laughs> You just put that behind the paywall. You're I tell not you. kidding. Oh, lots of ladies be lining up to drop money on that. Uh, I think. I mean, who could deny yeah. it? Or, or maybe we'd be paying lots of ladies to watch it. I think it's we the would. one web stream where <laughs> we pay you to watch. I mean, that does seem like maybe the saddest existence. Mm-hmm. You're like trying to sell some sort of like cam. Are other cam guys? Is that a thing? I guess so. So you're trying to be like a cam guy, except you have to pay the audience to watch yeah. you. I mean, the appeal. They, they're like. <laughs> Ooh, sweaty, shirtless, bearded men Sounds online. Great. Yeah, they love it. They're about to pay their money. That's right. And then they're like, and it's like, 
talking about wrestling. <laughs> and then they slowly put their wallets away. So all it is is maybe we tweet out our credit card information, and that's what you put in to watch us. Exactly. Well, that sounds like, uh, frankly, a terrible way to make some money. But, Justin, a good way to make some money is to do a great wrestling podcast, which is what I think we do here each week on Top Marks, where you and I break down the... One, two, three. Biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes at a time. Never, ever a second longer. Uh, those are the rules, and that is to be respected and understood. Yes. But speaking of the rules, Justin, this week... Sometimes rules are meant to be broken. I mean, in general, I feel like we seldom stick to the rules yeah. at this point. You gotta know the rules so that you can break them. <laughs> That's exactly us. Yeah. And it took us the first 50 episodes to feel... I think I think it has so happened that doing three rounds every week is a little tricky when there isn't the the uh, brand-exclusive pay-per-views coming up every three weeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's you know, you know what's funny, though? That is the true thing. Like, it always sounds so stupid mm. to be like you got to know the rules in order to break them. Right. Uh, because something that I often bring up when I talk about like my own uh, skills okay. and training as a like broadcaster sure. is that like I feel like I spent two years going to school so that they could turn me into something I'm not and ah. then spent three years afterwards trying to find myself again. So it's like this pendulum. You start on one side where you're all personality and then you swing to the other side to become like very polished broadcaster. And now ideal. I'm trying to get back to the personality side. I feel like I've done it over the last several years. Yeah. But I brought this up when I interviewed Tom Power of CBC's Q. The Tom Power, man. I'm a huge fan of Oh, hang on. Let me bend over and pick up that name I just dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like when I interviewed uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> got, it, got it back in my pocket here. Thank goodness. I wouldn't want to lose that name. It's a big one. Close one. It's heavy. I don't know how I carry it around all the time. Well. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, regardless, I brought that up to Tom, and I was expecting him to be like, hmm, yes, like that is true or something. Just tell me how fucking smart I am or whatever. What did he say? He was like, yeah, but like when you get back to who you are, you have such a much stronger base and confidence and assuredness in yourself right. as a result of that training. And that I was makes like, sense. I never thought of that that way. It does make sense, though, right? Like, yeah. it's become sort of, like, molecular, like, part of your DNA. And then like, I just, you know, walk around with this chip on my shoulder, like, fucking school. <laughs> they just bashed out my individuality. Yeah. They put me on this conveyor belt and sent me out into the world as some cookie-cutter reporter. And now? With nothing... No unique traits whatsoever. Well, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but and I wasn't going to do this on air, but I guess mm. I might as well. I feel like you've been uh, not enough personality on this show. Really? That's been... Too, too uh, <laughs> by the book. Yeah, you've just been way too down the middle. Episode 57, finally let your freak flag fly, Justin. I, I plan to. And I mean, sitting here shirtless is... The way to do it. Justin, we are only doing two rounds this week. You knew that. They didn't. But I'm telling you and them. Do you know what the two rounds are, though? Uh, our first round this week, I th- I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to go. Yeah. I think the people know what I'm going to say. Sure. Which is, uh, well, well, I guess they'll figure it out when I tell them what yeah. the round is. It can be confirmed. We're going to talk about uh, a, one of the key feuds on Raw yeah. over the last little while. In some ways, the key feud, to yeah, be honest. I think so, in a lot of ways. Uh, and probably the match that I'm most looking forward to at Extreme Rules. Okay. It is the feud of Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. But I imagine we're going to be spending more time during this 15 minutes Focusing on the Dolph Ziggler side of this equation. Absolutely. And my points will sort of come to fruition. Now, this is an interesting round, I think, not only for, you know, where Raw's at, but sort of for this show, because Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler are two guys who have come up a lot for a bunch of different reasons. They're my boys. They're your boys. They've they've always been my boys. And they're people that I've sort of been a vocal anti-advocate for. And uh, so breaking down these two. I think we call that a detractor. Nope. 
Uh, and then in round number two, Justin, mm. uh, we're going to be uh, breaking down a man who we do not disagree on. I think, in fact, we are uh, flag bearers for and share a great deal of love for. And that is our good pal, Rusev. Yeah, I'm trying to work a, a joke in here. Uh, what do you call farming equipment that you pick up at the Dutch? <laughs> Go ahead. A detractor. <laughs> you Because they put bitch. duh in front of everything for some reason. The bacon and the eggs. <laughs> and detractor. And, and detractor. <laughs> you, have a, you have a high opinion of uh, the Dutch, I see. These are people. Uh, yeah, you're. I, I love the Dutch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the panicook. The, I think Panacook no, is great. St- no, you don't. Yeah, I do, dude. Those long things. Yeah, it's great. Fuck them. Like a worse crepe. It's, no, it's good, man. Uh, d- a savory Panacook. The only thing I enjoy from the Netherlands is and, the Alistair Black. And the sausage. The <laughs> sausage is my favorite. Will you just stop? That's the thing to get <laughs> oh when my. you're there. And when you're there, you're the family. Well, now that I have been destroyed, <laughs> maybe we can get back into <laughs> some pro wrestling talk. Uh, J-Mo, anything else you want to get away out of the top here before we dive into the round? Yeah, if you're looking for a fine breakfast, head on over to <laughs> the Dutch. This episode brought to you by the Dutch. This episode not brought to you by Pinty's Wings, despite no. uh, yeah, the efforts Yeah, despite of- uh, the mass protestation uh <laughs> there's been as uh, the dutch might say uh, a demonstration <laughs> from our online contingent yeah it's weird it's like uh, demanding <laughs> that they sponsor our the podcast if you were one of our listeners who reached out to pinties asking for a sponsorship do know that you i mean you are great and that was uh, tremendous yeah, that's how it's gonna happen we need the groundswell that's the right to rise up the, the only problem is i understand that pinties isn't that into demonetization so yeah. they're, uh, they're not gonna do it just enough of the duh bit yeah they're worried that we would devalue their <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Justin, we got we to gotta switch gears here away from the jokes. I want to touch on something serious before we jump hey, into these rounds. I'm serious. Uh, former, or I suppose current still, but not on television, Women of Honor uh, competitor Taylor Hendricks this week came out and said that former, or no, and current, but also former. I was going to say I'm serious about the Dutch, but this is actually very serious. It really is, yeah. Uh, she's come out, Taylor Hendricks, and said that Jay Lethal got her taken off of ROH TV for not sleeping with him. Uh, this this is just another thing worth taking note of in this sort of ever-growing pile of sort of, uh, we call it in the Rob Russo rounds, these these problematic happenings in wrestling. I, I don't want to dive too far into it, but do you think this is emblematic of something a little bit more widespread than we might want to admit in wrestling? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean... Did I, you see on Twitter a while ago you know, our local competitor, Nicole Matthews, also calling out some people uh, for this attitude happening in locker rooms that she's been in as well? No. Yeah, I'll send you that later as well. She uh, was taking to task some of this old boys mentality in the locker room. But I, I will say uh, uh, both uh, – I'll, I'll bring this up in that I'm sad to see it go mm. because unfortunately, and you know this is a favorite of mine – uh, Keep It 2000, the yes. WCW podcast that I talk about all the time. You love it. It's done. What? They did. They were only halfway through the year, but one of the hosts just doesn't have time to do it anymore, and it's over. They did their last episode this week. Oh, that's they too bad. They skipped forward in time to the very last episode of Nitro 2001 and said goodbye. But one of the things that they talked about yeah. on the last episode was, how has Vince not been Me Too'd yet? <laughs> like it does seem it, shocking. It almost happened a couple times. He had like a limo driver or yeah. someone who was like his personal assistant or something. There's been at least one settlement paid back out. in the nineties. Yeah. 
and there must just be like a mountain of evidence because like oh do you mean the know. television he was producing from yeah. 96 well, to 2001 well that's what they joked about <laughs> is if he ever was outed as being like a serial harasser yeah Think of all of the B-roll they could run on the news. A Trish Stratus having to strip and yes. bark like a dog Trish comes Stratus, to mind. Anything involving Vince and Trish Stratus yeah. is what would be the news role there. But, yeah. like, you know, I, I, when you think about it, like, I'm sure it happens. If Vince is doing it in the biggest company, right. imagine what's happening in the smallest company that doesn't have eyes on it. It, it, it is, uh, you know... It makes me feel not not sick, but what a downer that wrestling is just this thing that I want to enjoy on on such a a pure level. And I, I don't know this sort of thing I found disheartening and worth bringing up on the show. And uh, shame on you, Jay Lethal. Yeah, I did like her tweets though. She like was writing in the style of doing a Macho Man impersonation. That's right, as she called Jay Lethal a big sack of shit. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, great. And so it's like I felt bad reading it, but it also gave me a chuckle at the same time. That's right. So, you know, that's a, that's a fine balancing act. So, uh, tip of the cap to Taylor Hendricks for outing these scumbags. And uh, let's let's hope that uh, there is some sort of recourse if this comes out to be. Uh, has it, I mean, uh, has this, he come out and acknowledge it in any way? I don't or? think so. Okay, well, I'll be curious to see how that develops. Thought it was worth bringing up on the show, as that is something that I think we always want to come across. Yeah, I mean, is. I was looking forward to seeing him at All In. And yeah. I, and I, you know, I kind of still am. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- that's an interesting, and that's almost worth doing around on one day on its own. Like, how much can you enjoy the content of somebody that you know is maybe unsavory? That said, Jay Lethal also isn't that good. He's, And I think I've said on this show before, talk about a guy. He was ROH's Cody Rhodes to me when Cody Rhodes was still in WWE. Like, okay yeah. at everything. And when they put the belt on him, it makes sense. He's also, I think, at a period of time when I was still watching ROH, imagine doing that. Uh, he was the longest-running TV champion they'd ever had. Longest-running TV champion of all time and I think the only unified champion in Ring of Honor. Is that right? As well, in that he had the world and TV at the same time. Bizarre. So, yeah, one of the most decorated people in Ring of Honor history. That's right. Kind of sad to uh, see him uh, get... Uh, I-, I wouldn't say it's sad to see him get dragged I know what into you mean, this. But it's disappointing. Yes. Yeah, I-, I agree with you. Justin, something that never disappoints are our bonus episodes over on the Patreon page. Yeah, you know what? The people are raving. I, I cannot believe the the words we get about these are so kind and nice. Thank you so much. We love doing them. And we decided this week yeah. that because people write in, every time we put out a Patreon episode, which I don't even know how many people listen to those things. It can't be maybe more than just like 20. five. It can't be more than 20. Because I know there's tons of people who donate to Real Good who never listen to the bonus episodes. That's right, yeah. So it's entirely possible that despite how many donors we have, there's like five listeners of yeah. those episodes. But those five listeners Fucking always tell them. us <laughs> it's the best shit they've ever heard. It's the greatest podcast of the year. You think I'm making this up, but no. this is real testimonial from real listeners. Listeners like you. <laughs> Human beings. Who write in and say that they love this so much. And as a result, Josh and I decided this week that to really give the broad audience a taste of what they are missing. The dozens of hashtag good friends. On these Patreon episodes, we are going to do what people seem to love the best about Bonus Marks. That's right. And that is that we always end every episode with a live commentary track of the main event of whichever show we're talking about. That's right. So we we watch it. We have it in front of us. And the idea is that you at home do a watch along. You throw it up on the network and you listen to us walk you through the match instead of Michael Cole. You don't necessarily have to do that. No, I think a bunch of people don't. I think it was Danger Boy maybe this week wrote in and said that he doesn't even queue it up and enjoys uh, just listening to the, the play-by-play. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do a, a free 
on the main feed, a little bonus episode that will go out uh, on the main feed. You don't have to pay for it. It will come to you as like a sneak preview, just a taste of what we do behind the paywall. That's right. We're going to do a, a live commentary track, and you might enjoy it, or you might think... This is even worse than the main episodes <laughs> I already listened to. In which case, like, they could get any worse. <laughs> yeah. But you're still here for some reason, and I respect that. And for your respect and for still being here, you'll be rewarded with, with round, round number one. one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Do you know what that was, Justin? Was that a record scratch? That was a record scratch, probably extremely quietly, but uh, it is... I'll boost it in post. Oh, I love it. But in fact, it is the, the uh, I guess, the sting effect of Dolph Ziggler's current entrance, where he plays the record scratch, and then his music plays anyway before Drew McIntyre comes out. I cannot even begin to address this round before talking about these guys' tag entrance. Because mm-hmm. this should be a tag team, and I think in a lot of ways is a tag team that works. Mm-hmm, but this entrance is. needs a goddamn hand. Can I mean, we agree there? Yeah. Yeah, no. We. I mean, I've we've talked about it before. Who needs a revamped, like, brand intervention? It's Dolph Ziggler. It's definitely Dolph Ziggler. The pink and black thing needs to go. Needs to go. The music needs to go. Needs to go. The tights need to be refreshed, probably. You know what, though? I, when he was uh, probably in his feud with The Miz. Okay, yep. A couple Smackdown, years back couple on years SmackDown. Back. Yeah. yeah, and he was wearing the, like, muted kind of white and silver American flag, don't yeah. tread on me tights. I remember that. It was a good look. I liked that too. I liked it. Like, he, if he could get back to that, I'd be fine. Yeah, definitely be into that. Uh, but this this repackaging, I think, needs to happen. But I think maybe that's where our uh, our agreement ends in terms of how we feel about current Dolph Ziggler. Yeah? Really? Because you're not going to agree with this. That? That Dolph has been good. Hmm. That this Seth feud has been good. And now I know what you're going to say. It's Seth Rollins... He's the most over guy in the company. He's one of the best workers in the company. He could work with anything, and it'll be good. And you might, there might be something to that. But I would say that in a lot of ways, Ziggler is like the perfect foil for him. Okay, talk about that for a bit. That they are both two guys that can go, and they can keep up with each other on the same speed, basically. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know that Dolph has the same top gear. As, I think the matches would prove as, he doesn't. As Seth, but I will say that he's probably closer in pace than maybe anyone other than Finn. Because, like, look, I enjoyed the uh, match that he had against the Drifter. Sure, Elias. But but Elias, like, you know, we talked about that 40 seconds of that match, dodging the plunge to the outside, throwing him into the barricade, throwing him into the stairs, and then hitting the 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 move from the top rope. That was 40 seconds of Elias moving at high gear, probably the fastest he's ever worked, and he looked the best he ever has. Yeah. To me, like, Dolph works that speed regularly. Yeah, I think I, I would meet you there for sure. I, I guess what I would say is that they've now had two matches of pretty good length, I would say. Enough to get sort of a picture of what these two wrestling mm-hmm. each other looks like. Mm-hmm. And neither of these have been as good as virtually any minute that Seth Rollins was in that gauntlet match. Now, granted, you know, Roman Reigns, John, John Cena, Cena, Finn Balor. Those are great guys. But if you're in a position where you have literally the most over guy, maybe you can make an argument for Braun, but I would probably still lean Seth Rollins right now. Your most over guy who's willing to wrestle 20-minute matches on Raw, 
I want just the absolute cream of the crop wrestling that guy. And the problem with Dolph Ziggler here isn't necessarily his abilities. And I recognize how that sounds very silly because I do think Dolph is more than capable of the role that he's in right now. I think you could say he's doing a good job. But if you're going to get McIntyre over, why are we not trying to get a pair of guys over? You're telling me there isn't anyone in NXT or God even 205 Live that could be brought up in this Ziggler role. It would feel fresher and more interesting. I just have such a hard time getting into Dolph Ziggler. I've seen him do it all already. And I think that's sort of my stopgap with it. I would say counter-argument, if yeah, I may. Yeah, please. Uh, if it pleases the court, uh, may, I no approach, may I approach the bench? I think one of the things that we complain about all the time is that Raw and SmackDown, both in, in a pay-per-view cycle, are often just... One-on-one matches between the two guys in a feud over and over again. Every yeah. single Like, think of, if we go back with Dolph into some darker times, mm. let's revisit, if you will. If you will. Uh, I think a feud that was going on at a time when you and I both went to Raw. Right. It was the Daniel Bryan oh. retirement Raw, mm-hmm. and the match on that show was a multi-segment match between Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens mm-hmm. because that was a multi-month feud Went on forever. that the two of those guys just kept having match after match after match and you didn't care about a single one of them. Which was weird because he had just done that with Corbin too. He just wrestled like Corbin then Kevin Owens for like 10 months. But outside <laughs> of the few weeks on this cycle where Seth has gotten pulled in to be uh, best friend of Roman Reigns. <laughs> uh, they call that the Dean Ambrose role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's he's uh, he's filling in for Dean. That's right. Yeah. Oh, this guy's over. Roman and him love one another. <laughs> yeah, they love crushing cold beers and being best bros. Oh man, do they ever! Uh, outside of the few times he's gotten roped into that role in this cycle, we've mostly seen again and again, and we're gonna get it again at the pay per view: Seth versus Dolph. Uh, it's been twice now, but yeah, twice th- in pretty short order. Yeah. And I'd say both of those matches. Standout, quality, very yeah. good matches. I agree. And and t- now we're looking ahead now to a pay-per-view where they're going to face each other mm-hmm. in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Yes. And I am very excited for that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a case to be made, like I said off the hop, that that is the most anticipated match on this card. Is Iron Man the best step they could give two, best, two good wrestlers? Yeah. It might be, right? Because you know you're going to get... A good work rate match with multiple instances of like top notch drama over the course of it. Yeah. And I think these are the two guys to do that. And then that like it's rare that we would get kind of a quick succession match rematch that goes long on Raw. These were both long Raw matches. Yep. I think the first one they both came out to make their entrance with like thirty minutes to go in the show. That's awesome. So it was a lengthy title match when Dolph won it the first time. I love when you get a long match on Raw. And it I can f- like make or break Raw. And I feel me. like the second one was a little shorter, but not that much. No, I feel like they're both like pretty hefty. I think you probably get twenty minutes of action in yeah, both of those. So when you tack on the pay per view match, ultimately yep. we're probably looking at close to like an hour twenty, yeah, of Seth and Dolph. That's re- a lot. Just wrestling. That's a lot. Never mind any sort of promo segments, backstage, whatever. Yeah, and I'm fired up for it, man. My my appetite has not been satiated, and it's rare that a feud like that in WWE works on that level. I hate. I never want to be the guy who's like, you're saying you're really excited for this. You're fired up, and I hate being in the role of like, well, here's where you well, shouldn't be. You don't. You shouldn't enjoy the thing you enjoy. <laughs> but this show is a show of discussion, so I guess I'll just float this idea. Okay. This so, show is a land of contrast. <laughs> yeah, two people sitting shirtless with beards. Um, so I'll say this: I have 
every confidence that this match is going to be lights out. I bet you it'll be a really, really good match. A real humdinger, would you say? I would say if it isn't a humdinger, it's a ding hummer. I mean, this is a good match. But do you have interest in IC champion Dolph Ziggler? Uh, yeah, I could. Okay, because I feel like this is Rollins' belt right now, mm -hmm. and the downgrade, at least in my heart and perception, from going from Seth Rollins' open challenge, burn it down, most over guy, if this goes on to Dolph Ziggler following that, record scratch here to show the world Dolph Ziggler, that feels like off a cliff booking for me. I mean, he needs to me, if he's going to pass on that IC title, it needs to go to a younger guy, somebody fresher, who can do the in-ring, who can, who I'm ready to see go on a run. And I don't feel that way about Dolph at all. But here's what I would say to what you said earlier. Yeah. And not to like completely dodge the point you no, just that's made, okay. which I feel like is valid. It's definitely a step down. But I will say this, mm -hmm. is Dolph as the IC champion after Seth more of a step down than Elias as the IC champion after Seth? It's a great question. I uh, don't think it is. In ring, definitely not, right? Like, if, it's, if they're going to keep the open challenge thing going, yeah. it's better on Dolph's hands. I want the IC belt, if we're talking about belts on Raw, to be the work rate belt. Yeah, well, yeah. And I think Dolph is a worker. Like, the funny thing is, how are they redeeming him right now? They're just having him wrestle. Yeah. Like, he's got a good heel character. The dynamic with Drew works. There's something right about that pairing. Mm -hmm. But the reason that he's getting over again is exactly what I've said for a fucking year straight. Yep. Dolph Ziggler is a good wrestler. Well, oh, uh, I thought you were going to say he's doing the Naito storyline. That's oh, where I thought this was going. I mean, he still needs to find his Tranquilo, as we talked about <laughs> him beaking me on Twitter last week. I did not... Fully appreciate that. And yet here you are defending him if, once more. Yeah, if he would just, you know, kind of wrap up in the ropes a little bit and, and chill out during a match. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, then he's finally found it. Like but, the cat. but what I was going to say is, yeah. you talked earlier about why is this Dolph Ziggler and not some NXT call-up. Because sure. that would feel fresh and that could get Drew over. Yeah. I think there's a reason that Dolph has been the focus of this tag team so far. And Drew is kind of his heater instead of the other way around. Yeah, what's the reason? It's that... If you're going to make this pair work, you need Dolph to get over before Drew becomes the focus. Otherwise, it would seem like Dolph is dragging Drew down. That's interesting. Yeah, I think if there's something to if that. If you spend a good month in the lead-up instead, building up Dolph as a guy who, hey, remember why we all used to like this guy? If you spend the time to do that, then when you shift the focus over to Drew and Drew takes center stage, Dolph being by his side feels like a big deal and not like what you said of why is this fucking guy hanging around. Yep. Now, granted, I still agree with you that he needs new music. He needs new presentation. Yeah. But the fundamentals of our economy are strong, in the <laughs> yeah. words of whoever said that. I can't remember. I think it was Confucius. I think it was uh, John McCain. Yeah, uh, same guy. Yeah. The but but like, that's like – pen name. Dolph can be good. <laughs> And he is being good right now. Is he too good? No. Is he? T it's too good. He's too bad. It's, yeah, it's too good. He's too bad. Yeah, I, that's how I feel about yeah. him. <laughs> um, Justin, let's say this. Is the money here really in McIntyre? Like, is this all some sort of long con to have McIntyre turn on Dolph or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to keep the Raw tag division as a comedy division, yeah. which I – look, I bemoaned it last week. Yep. And I still don't think it's the best play overall. But ultimately, you need to look at what you have and make the decision to 
play to the strengths of the division. There's a shitload of comedy acts in that division outside of the revival. And they did reintroduce Authors of Pain on Monday, too. Uh, yeah, that's which, true. Uh, so maybe there are some good, serious teams that you could put Drew and Dolph up against. But to say that is this a, a mistake to have uh, Dolph be IC champ, if the plan is to have Dolph have like a good three- or four-month run with the title and then the team implodes... Oh. And then you do the Drew versus Dolph feud. And I know it seems obvious. I don't have four months of Dolph Ziggler champion in me. You don't think Dolph can have four good opponents? No. Or even two that he has two-month feuds. With. I think he can have great opponents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the opponents are the problem. Okay, let's say three months. I just can't, I can't deal with I just the don't, yelling I don't, promo. I just don't want to get to the tag team combusts and feuds against each other too quickly sure. because then it feels unearned. Yeah. There, there you is. need dramatic stakes. You know, like the good thing about DIY imploding and Gargano and Ciampa mm-hmm. going head-to-head this is, is that comparison. we felt it coming for yeah. so long and every time you thought it was going to happen, it didn't, so that when it did happen, you were conditioned to thinking it wasn't going to happen. It, it's really true. And, and you're right. If they do want that, they do have to earn it. I guess I just... I've just heard the yelling promo too many times. I've seen the move set too many times. Like, he needs just an overhaul from bottom to top before I can get into his run. Justin, can I say something way off base here? Yeah. You brought them up. I, I don't have a follow-up point here. I just need to say watching the Revival two weeks in a row pin Roman Reigns has almost been validating to the entire WWE programming for the past five years for me. When he ate the Shatter Machine and Dash gets hooked the leg, that was... That was real good for me. I was very yeah, much enjoyed Dash that. Wilder, too. The man. Dash Wilder pinned Roman Reigns <laughs> clean. Uh, well, sort of clean. Clean-ish. <laughs> Clean-ish. Uh, but, but it did do my heart good. That puts good. him probably on a pretty, like... Uh, rare list. Like, he's in an elite company there. He's in very elite company. and, and Like Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, and Dash Wilder. Is that it? That might be it. Oh, my God. Uh, but <laughs> it does it does my heart good because uh, we were just talking about... And the Miz. Right. How hilarious is that? Yeah. Uh, but sort of the, the comedy in general of the Raw tag division. It's mm-hmm. nice for me that during the barbecue segment, I was like, this is not for the revival. But they've been sort of kept aside from all of this now. Like, I actually think... Would you say that the Revival are heels right now? They seem kind of in the middle. <laughs> That's a great question because Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns are not beloved. It's yeah. The dynamics, like, they're getting cheered hitting the Shatter Machine. Yeah, like, I mean, they're kind of in this Rusev territory. That's a perfect comparison. You can do whatever you want with them at any time and then it would fit. But it's, that's a perfect comparison. So I think there's probably a good match to be had here. Oh, yeah. If you were to, say, not leave the IC title on Dolph and perhaps put it back on Seth heading into SummerSlam uh. to do Dolph and Drew versus the Revival. Where Dolph and Drew are the heels. Who's complaining about that? Because then, like, I can, I, as much as I just said, look, playing, you're playing to the strengths of your division by having a comedy division. Yeah. I am down for some serious tag team action also. Like, I don't want that to be exclusive to SmackDown. No, forget about SmackDown. Forget about SmackDown. NXT has been doing the best tag team wrestling on Earth for, what, three years straight Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the main roster. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying that serious tag team wrestling is, you know, sort of of where it's at. So I was happy to see that. This is not a, a, a Dolph Ziggler redemption arc for you, then. You still don't see it. You feel like this is a waste of time. 
for me, it's a waste of time, but it, you are correct in saying that the best use of Dolph Ziggler is having him wrestle. Like, having him wrestle long, fast matches is the best use of him, but there's just not a shortage of guys on the roster who in that exact position would do as well or better, I, and I'm more interested. I in. disagree, man. Yeah. I think, really, if you, are, if you want Seth to be the guy who has work-rate matches week after week, he needs top-level opponents that he can work with. He, we've already seen him have Finn for a month at a time. Yep. Dolph, it's working, and it's working for Dolph. It's 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 a mutually beneficial feud. Give him Chad Gable, or give Dolph Chad Gable after this. Hell yeah! Like just that, get dude, Chad That's G- your IC feud if yeah, Dolph hangs on. I'm very into that. So that's a three month program they could do. Would yeah, because Chad Gable's there. <laughs> oh fuck! You gotta give the man credit at some point here. <laughs> I uh, I did. It was uh, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> was when I uh, was giving. That's uh, uh, nine years ago. For yeah. those of you, I gave track. him some credit. He defaulted on it. <laughs> when he when he cashed it in 2011, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, that feels a long time ago. Yeah, he's uh, he's a card carrying member at the Dutch Bank. <laughs> All of his loans default. (laughs) (laughs) Default. I didn't even get that one. Lord almighty. (laughs) Justin, there's no segment in this spot this week, but coming up in between rounds two and three is the return of the people segment. Right now, though, we can give you some more details about uh, the Patreon feed that we did not throw. That's a great call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I teased last week in the show notes that we were going to let it uh, be your decision. We were going to put it to a poll. And people power was going to decide whether we watched Manhattan Mayhem 2005 or... Uh, Bound for Glory 2007. Bound for Glory 2007. People power! And now maybe you'll still have to vote on that next month. Maybe. But in the meantime, the good friend of the show... uh, Douglas Crap. Douglas Crap. Full name. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, fan of the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Yeah, owner of Cute Cat Lars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Doug watches them, they're called the Crapitals. Hello, come on, heyo, hello, good morning, <laughs> uh, Doug Crap. You want it? You go. Yeah, ahead, he he uh, hit our donor level where you get to pick the episode. Mm-hmm. So he was kind enough to step on up to twenty bucks a month and force us to watch a program. Correct the the pay per view Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, notable, of course, for the Mankind and Rock Last Man Standing match. Notable, which- of course, for. The Stone Cold Steve Austin Vince McMahon cage match. Yeah, this is uh, we we don't often get to watch something just enjoyable that I'm actually interested to watch for these. So uh, yeah, I'm actually like usually when we do the play by play commentary of the main event of what we watch, <laughs> it's like super laden with jokes. Yeah, we are like there's like levels of irony. So deep, it's like an inception of irony. <laughs> totally You're wondering true. how how deep do these levels go? How many how many ironic layers are there to these bits? It just keeps going. This, I think, we could just do a straightforward, serious commentary of this match, and I'd be thrilled to do it. I, I don't know if it's the the main event of the show, but Doug Crap uh, requested that we do the live commentary for that Rock Mankind Last Man Stand. Oh, that's match. too bad because I really wanted to do the cage match. I don't know that we couldn't do both to well, be clear, yeah. uh, or maybe even a live stream of the whole paper. But anyway, look out for that coming out, and thanks again, Doug Crap, uh, this this month on the Patreon feed. Yeah, also, uh, the good friends may be getting away on a little vacation together this month. And there might be so some content. Might be, uh, there might be an episode recorded live from Parts Unknown. <laughs> Truth or Consequences, Hornby Island. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it's time for round number two. Round two. Fight. Round. 
breaking news, bud, from the Top Marks News Machine. Hang on. Breaking news? Breaking news. Justin, no. We're supposed to do round number two. No, bud. Okay. We'll get there in a second. Okay. What's this news? In the meantime. Is this real? All In oh. has a match. Oh, they, they announced a match for it? They did. Oh, could I the, guess it? The first match announced on the card. Is it main event level? It could be. Yes. You certainly could see this on the main event of a New Japan pay-per-view or oh. perhaps even a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Okay, so you know it and you're going to All In. Is this something that's uh, mouth-watering for you? Uh, no, but I think it's something that for you, you're going to regret that you're not coming with me. Fuck. Uh, name, should I try and guess it? Yes. Okay, name one of the, the combatants. I can't. It's just a one-on-one match if I say one name. Okay. Okay, okay. I will say this is the Okada match. Oh, okay. The Okada match. Oh my goodness! There's, I mean, there's so many that I would, I would regret not going. Is it Rey Mysterio? No. Who is it? It is the Rainmaker versus the villain. No. September first. Oh, Okada versus Skrull. Oh, that is good. Wow, Skrull's getting the Okada match. Skrull's getting the Okada match. Wow. I just, just, just reacting live. That seems like. Excellent for Skrull. Like, it positions him in, like, this light as a junior heavyweight in New Japan that he doesn't get over there. That is... Oh, man. That does make me regret not going... That That's... I See, this is the thing. I feel like other people have different expectations for All In than I do. Like, when I hear Skrull Okada, that's a main event to me. Like, if I were going to a pay-per-view, and that's sort of the tier of All In that I mm-hmm. think... If I were going in, like, they're like, Marty Skrull versus, how do you say his name? Kazukuda Okada? Kazuchika. Kazuchika Okada is the main event. I am pleased as fucking punch. That sounds awesome. Now, stylistically, they match up in an interesting way, too. That's aw- How do you feel about it? You're going. I'm fired up. That's, that is, I would have, it's, see, what that does for me. I'm, is, a, I'm probably more fired up for this than I would be Mysterio versus Okada. Even okay. though Mysterio versus Okada feels like more of a rare thing. Yeah. I could I could understand as a match I bet this is better. Um and it also it gives me faith and I wonder if you feel the same on sort of the the general booking of all in where it's just like things you can't you're not going to see elsewhere. Like here's a junior heavy and now they do it. I mean so- I could you could do this match in New Japan. There's nothing stopping you from that really. Different weight classes. Uh, but how long is Marty still going to be a junior heavyweight? Really? I think a while until yeah. he holds the belt. Like uh, I think I think he's in next year's battle of the super juniors too. Like what he's going to go up and be against Cody and Omega. Like those guys have to leave before he can really jump up. I feel like. Yeah, I guess. Either way, great piece of breaking news, and for you, that's that's. All. I wonder if you get like, it's oh good, man, yeah. I mean, who's who's the Omega match going to be now, right? Like, and we've talked about this before. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. I think the the great thing about this card is that. You could easily make the case that there are like four main event level matches, no matter what the card is, because like Omega, Cody, Okada, and the Bucks are probably all going to be in separate matches. Dang. So that is four matches that if you went to a show would be like, holy fucking shit, main event level indie card shows. Well, that is uh, indie card matches. That is exciting. It's breaking news for us. But by the time you've heard it, of course, the hashtag Good Friends yeah, will already know. You already know this. But I'd be curious to know what uh, what they think of this. So uh, let us know at Top Marks Pod. Is this uh, is this a juicy match for you, like it is for me and JMO? Or uh, yeah, what do you think at Top Marks Pod? But with that, now for real, round, round number two. two. Round two. Fight. Do you know Rusev's birth name? Uh. 
Alexander Rusev? It is not. In fact, Rusev is not in either of his names. His first name is Miroslav. Miroslav. Barnyashev. Sevnimov. I don't know how you nailed it so much, but one way or the other, <laughs> JMO. This is I a like guy. how his middle name is Ruru. Yeah, that is definitely his middle name. I think that's where the name Rusev came from. Yeah, and yeah. in some ways, a very full circle way for uh, Miroslav to go. But Miroslav Boroshev? <laughs> yeah. That's very. Or that's Barnyashev. Barnyashev. Yeah. All right. That's still. He sounds like he's like the fifth defenseman for the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> that's, I don't know anything about hockey. Uh, Justin. What, a lot of say? foreign people play it. That's the joke. Oh, okay. A lot yeah. of, and you hate foreigners. And of course. Stuff. Okay, and I now. wish they didn't wear visors yeah. and they're ruining <laughs> the game. And geez, if only it was a good Canadian sport, nothing would be a problem. Yeah, that's kind of how uh, I feel about whatever it is we're talking yeah, about. You can tell I really believe it because I'm so passionate when I speak about it. Would you put that little uh, backslash S beside it for turds on the internet who don't think people can read sarcasm? You mean autistic people? I think that is exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, JMO. Would you say that Rusev is one half or one third of the act Rusev Day? Uh, like, would you include Lana as part of Rusev Day? Because I was about to say I, he's one half of mm, Rusev Day, but is he? I mean, I feel like Lana was a part of it for a little bit. I wish they'd get back to that. Well, I she has the shirt, Happy Lana yeah, Day. Yeah, I thought they had a good dynamic when it was the three of them, but they only really stuck with that, it feels like, for like two or three weeks. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, it seems like I'm just not sure what that includes. Originally, was. they introduced it. It was like, well, Lana's going to split them up. Goodbye, Aiden. Which I hated. Yeah. That would have been a nightmare, I feel like. But the three of them together. Great. All his baby faces. Yeah, really good. Super three, fun. Three people that the crowd really likes yeah, for, I, for whatever reason. You retweeted something from the Top Marks account yesterday. That I thought it was great. What was it? It's like Rusev and Aiden English are <laughs> answering a dangerous question. <laughs> what if Wario and Waluigi were hot? Isn't that a great tweet? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> really does feel that way. Justin, uh, Rusev, our guy who I think if you go back and listen to the, the very genesis of Top Marks with the very first episode, we get a question of somebody who should be better used on the main roster. Who's somebody yeah. we feel is underused? And do you know who our unanimous answer is? Rusev. It's Rusev. And I think that this this round needs to happen because if we're going to go from back then and in our pre-Mania episode, he was in that U.S. title match. We both said, how are you not putting the belt on this guy? Well, Rusev is indeed in a WWE title match. And we're not talking about the U.S. belt. He's wrestling AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier before we recorded on the walk over to the studio. You were like, oh, look at him. How can we complain now? Right. They're using him. They're putting him in the top slot. He's our guy he's their man look at him look at them use him this way and i was like yeah but it's the title match of a throwaway yeah non-big four pay-per-view where we can confidently say he's gonna lose yeah i think I think he is you. a lamb for the lion right now like it's not the, he's the lamb of bulgaria <laughs> that's a very delicious meal from what i understand <laughs> it's uh so here's my thing Justin. i want to sort of talk about uh, i want to talk about rusev and sort of where he was where he is and where he's going because he enters wwe as this cut and dry pasted out of the 80s russian heel yes mm -hmm. he has the uh also russian valet but lana's accent seems to be very inconsistent lately. I'm not really sure if it's supposed to be a bit or they're, she's just bad at doing no, it. No, I think they're dropping it. They've made, they're making like a conscious decision to get away from it. I'm okay with that. But at the same clear. time, when they brought in uh, Alison Brie, it was like, well, she's a Russian character. She's our Russian character. <laughs> 
we have to put them together and have them talk Russian to each other. Which, of course. Which it comes at a bad time for Lana when they're trying to break the accent. Yeah. Um, it's And do you think that is what they're trying to do with Lana? To get away from it? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so it's not just her getting worse at performing. No, it's okay. her speaking in her actual voice. Yeah. And them trying to make you comfortable with that so that you eventually forget that she ever talked as a Russian. What? And she's always been... Her natural self. I think that's much better than the ravishing Russian. Yeah, absolutely. Killer Californian or whatever she would be. Uh, But Justin, what what did you think of Rusev on his initial introduction to NXT and then to the the main roster? Were you into this guy? Yeah, I I mean, I, I it was a great opportunity for them to do something that I feel like they are afraid to do now, which is and what I think wrestling is really good at when it has the guts to go for it is political commentary and satire. Sure. Like, there was clearly, this was during the, like, uh, Russian invasion of Crimea, when mm-hmm. they are, like, basically, like, conquering parts of Ukraine. And, and not being, in a good way. And being like, eh, we're helping them. Yeah, no, they, that was a ruse, the whole help thing. <laughs> yeah, Turns out they I, were actually and, destroying and fuck, their people. Like, I got some Russian friends who I would ha- debate passionately about this, and, th- and they'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. The Ukrainian people love it. <laughs> They're so happy. I'm like, you are. You're a bonehead. I got my doubts about you not being a sleeper cell right now. (laughs) For sure he was. If you're just going to defend everything that Putin does. Uh, I think you and your family might be here on nefarious purposes. Maybe I've been watching too much The Americans, you might say. Or maybe I'm the only one with the guts to say it. Oh, my God. You tell <laughs> me, bud. That is. You tell me. Well, and I'm sure they would have. Just a pr- But, uh, no, I mean, this is what I loved about, like, the real Americans. Right. Like, this is, like, I, I think it was pointed out, and I've probably repeated it on this show before. Like, what they were doing with Zeb Coulter and Cesaro was, like, a more cutting satire of the Republican position on immigration than you were getting from even, like, The Daily Show at the time. Yeah, you missed that, eh? Like, these uh, real-world events being mirrored in pro wrestling. Yeah. I can't think of one that's really going on right now. Because now they're toothless. Because they are thoroughly, directly involved in the Trump presidency. Yeah. So they don't want to take any uh, approach against any sort of Republican position. Also, it's knowing your audience and knowing that a good deal of the Southerners you're pandering to would not appreciate that. They on would any not, level. yeah. Even though I think we both agree, wrestling as a medium and as a fan base that takes it in is probably a lot more progressive lately than certainly I think people want to give it credit for as an art form. And only getting further in that direction. Absolutely. Like 10 years from now, I, I hope that it'll have moved on. Just Absolutely. So he comes in yeah. as, a, as, a, as a point of contention, as this like satirical force where we're going to lay out the great evil of Vladimir Putin and Mr. America is going to run in and whoop this guy's ass, which is what we all want to see That's right. on the global stage, even though nobody's doing anything to stop Putin from imposing his will on the world. But now that Putin's imposing his will on the world <laughs> and Donald Trump is like, I'm benefiting from this. I love this guy. It does this seem- murderous dictator is my best friend. Canada, get Fuck, yeah. bitch! I'm a little... I gotta be honest. I'm uh, I'm not the most political dude in the world, but uh, I'm a little frustrated with that whole situation. Yeah, so... 
now that that's the position that the president that they are in bed with has taken up, yeah. who is also in bed with Vladimir Putin, the Putin stuff has disappeared for Rusev. Not Even surprising. though this is a very fertile time for political commentary, I think you could do a lot with the Russian tie if you still had that element of the character present. That, like, Rusev is only getting his title shot right now <laughs> because he, like, Colluded. hacked the booking computer. To, I would love that. Like, if there was some sort of Russian hacking angle. Dude, I, this is just occurring to me now. Do you remember when Rusev would exit and the Russian flag would come down from the ceiling and the Titantron would just be a picture of Putin? Yes. They could never do that no, now, could no, they? No, no, they wouldn't. That wasn't that long because ago. Because now that Trump is like, Putin is good, so many people who support Trump are like, yeah, Putin is good. He's a strong guy. Yeah, even though three years ago when Rusev came in, this guy's public enemy number one. So I was a little bit on the other side of the coin, Justin. When when he came in, I was sort of like, I don't know about this guy. It feels like a little, uh, not bad, but like cut and dry in, in sort of the this class of NXT, which at the time I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I felt like Rusev felt a little, he's, a, he's one of the rare guys, I guess Elias would be in this too, where I, I vastly prefer them on the main roster to their NXT. Can I ask run. you a question right now? Of course. Course, yeah. Do you miss when Rusev was in bare feet? Oh, dude. Okay, so two things. First of all, aesthetically, of course. Like, it is an awesome look. But after he had hurt himself, the ankle had went once, you're sort of shocked it didn't happen earlier, yeah. right? Um, so for his well-being, I guess the boots are better. But as a look, just those shorts, the like Muay Thai, like, the waist. the wrap. It was awesome, I thought. What do you think of that? Yeah, it made him look so legit. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. I had forgotten. Yeah, I guess his character has done a bunch of tweaks along the way. Of course, he's less jacked now, or at least less burly. The long hair's gone. The goatee's gone. He's now handsome Rusev, God willing. So He, he was always handsome Rusev. I think he's more handsome now than ever. That's because he's got a bit of a tan now, because he lives in Nashville, and he's mowing his lawn with no shirt on. Respect. <laughs> uh, but just, okay, so then we move into his, his mid I guess he was living in Florida before. I don't know how that's... Less of a place to get a tan than Nashville. No, there's no sun in Florida. I just did the research. Uh, so, Justin, it's interesting because then he transitions into this U.S. title thing where they really build him up at the time as sort of the fourth giant monster in a row who was obviously just going to be fed to Cena. He's undefeated for an entire year. And it was awesome, if you recall. That the, was the great. Big His e U.S. title run was fantastic. Really fun and, like, very old school, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, here's this foreign monster. I, I remember, and I think maybe you were at this house show, too, even though we weren't friends here. Were you at the one where he wrestled Big E and Big E was uh, fronting for Canada? Big E came out with a Canadian... Yeah, okay, so Natalia Hart comes out and she wins, and she gives her Canadian flag as she's exiting to Big E... And then Big E enters the ring, like, repping Canada, and then out comes Rusev. Great house show match. You might not match. believe this, though. I feel like I've told you before. Yeah. The Abbotsford house show where Daniel Bryan wrestled Luke Harper. Oh, right. That's, that's my first. first live wrestling show ever. You'd never seen even e- – no, you've been to Ballroom Brawl before that, hadn't you? Uh, no. Wow. I don't know if I knew that. Never, That's interesting. Yeah, I've never been to a live show before that. Well, there you go. Can't say that anymore now, can you? I've been to a lot. There you go. I go to too many, some might say. I think that is definitely true, actually. Uh, Justin, what did you... So you were on the same page here. We like the U.S. title run. Yeah. So now how do we feel about this transition into Rusev Day? A bit more of a com- Not, I guess you would say comedy-based, but really that's Aiden English bringing that to the table. I mean, um, we've talked about it before. He got lost in that love square for a little while, oh. even though I thought him and Summer did great work in that. 
I think Rusev, it's so interesting, and I think maybe the backstage uh, powers that be maybe saw the same thing, though, that he was able to rescue some of these segments with his very natural timing and his lines. If you remember Cold Fish Lana, Hot Summer. Dog Ziggler. Dog Ziggler. Like, it, and these are obviously in a vacuum somewhat funny, but his delivery of these lines. I don't know if they are. Is Cold Fish Lana really funny? No, I guess it isn't. Like, it's all in his delivery, isn't it? Yeah. When he was talking about how he's called Dog Ziggler because he has short legs and pees himself, it's like Tom Ziggler doesn't have short legs. But all this stuff, and I think that... Uh, it does pee himself. I see you didn't refute that one. I mean, I don't want to say that I have great first-hand knowledge <laughs> that he adopts and pisses himself, but... Uh, oh, fuck you. I might as well be his pants for how well I know that. But uh, it's it's interesting to me, because you talk about the Paul Heyman thing of turning down the volume on a guy's weaknesses and turning up the volume on their strengths. And this pairing with Aiden English, I don't think... If we would have done 200 episodes of this, I don't know that we've ever been like, oh, yeah, you've got to pair together the, the vaude villain and Rusev, right? Yeah. I don't know that anybody would have come up with that. Uh, certainly not me, I'm comfortable saying. But this has been a... It just kind of was born naturally out of this time on SmackDown where they had no problem letting all of their heels interact. That's right, yeah. Like Aiden English was was Kevin Owens' guy one week, and then he's Rusev's guy the next. Do you remember that bit? I think it was only two weeks they read, but where like Kevin Owens really actually liked Aiden English's singing. Yeah, yeah. Like he found it soothing. Yeah, it's the Kiki, because he was suing Shane, and SmackDown was going to become the Kevin Owens show. Right. And he needed... Aiden I'm to sing the theme song for yes. the Kevin Owens show. It's the Kevin it's Owens show. It's great. This has been. Is this the most over Aiden English will ever be? Probably. Yeah. And but I mean, I don't. I don't want to say it's peaking right now. It probably already peaked. Yeah. But I think it can peak again. You know? I think so too. I think this is an act that is like New Day in a way where it can ebb and flow. And you don't have to break it up when it ebbs because it's going to flow again later and it might right. flow stronger than it flowed before. Do you think Rusev can go on to a singles title run at any point without it in English? Yeah. Yeah? I, I don't feel that way anymore. Really? Because I do think Rusev is very funny on his own also. I think, I think undeniably, right? Rusev's definitely a funny guy, but I just feel like we have such a big sample size of what him without it in English looks like. And I think even throughout that, we all agree he's better with a valet. But... That's also what they're willing to book him as, right? Like, That's true. I think he deserved better when he was on his own. It's not like we didn't see the strengths in him that made us love him then. I don't think you're really going to get stronger booking than a year undefeated and then a John Cena match where you enter in a tank at WrestleMania. That's like, we saw what full yeah, booking Yeah, but changed. what I mean is like, when we were asked last year who's the most underutilized guy and we both picked Rusev, we picked him for a reason. Well, I think that's, that's when he was in the throes and of and the love triangle. And no, it was, it was very well after that. But oh, okay. It like we picked him for a reason because you can see what's good about him. Yeah, he's good in the ring. He has a good look. He's like a barrel-chested, classically handsome man, like yeah. I've said before. He uh, obviously is super funny and gets to demonstrate his humor in kind of unexpected ways sometimes. Like there is a star quality about him, I think, in everything that he does mm -hmm. that they have been reluctant to lean into. And I've said this on the show before, the reason that Rusev Day got so over is not that it's a great gimmick. It's not. It's that we have literally waited two years to love this guy. Yeah. Let us love him. If this is what we're going to get, fuck it. I'll take it if it lets me love him. Uh, oh, was that not the no, 15? That's, that's not the 15. Oh, how many, how many minutes do I have left? You have 20 seconds. Oh, well, that's a good chance. Uh, Justin, as a percentage, 
what would you put his chances of winning the WWE title off of AJ Styles at? Zero. You think there's no chance? There's no chance. We still need to get a Samoa Joe feud here. We still need to get probably a Daniel Bryan feud here. Like, there are a number of opponents. You could even spend the next three months building up Andrade Cien Almas on the undercard oh, so yeah. that in three or four months' time, he is a suitable challenger for AJ Styles. You could have AJ have that title right through WrestleMania and never run out of contenders. <laughs> And that was 15 minutes. But do you disagree with that? Because I know you feel like you feel like there should be a transitional champion if they're going to do Brian and Miz for the title. Oh, it's a good question, man. I feel the the nice thing about SmackDown in some ways in the singles men department is it it feels like an embarrassment of riches. Like when you're saying this, it's like we need to get to Joe AJ first. Like we definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. And hmm. and really any of those pairings at the top. Well, you of the could card. do like Big E and AJ for like, sure. You could, do, you could do Killian Dane and AJ. Yep. I just don't know that those all have to have the belt, but your point's well taken. I just think if you do want Daniel Bryan holding that belt for the Miz feud, you have to have it on a heel at some point. But like you say, that could be Joe. That could be Andrade. But dude, if you're going to have a string of matches where he's already had the belt for how long now? Like a good amount of time. Yeah, not... Since n- November. I think that's true. So if you have it on him for like another... Until November again, if, if AJ goes a year as SmackDown champion and beats every contender, then Daniel Bryan being the guy to beat AJ in a babyface versus babyface match is a massive accomplishment for Daniel Bryan. Bigger than him beating somebody who's a temporary champion so that we get the proper alignment in the title match we want. Because, like, what, I think what you, a better thing than, like, having a transitional champion between AJ and Bryan is to have Miz be the champion that Brian goes up against. But I don't want Miz to beat AJ Styles. Do you? Gosh, that's a great question. Uh, I do want... Uh, do I want Miz to beat AJ Styles? Yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. I think Miz deserves the world. Whatever that looks like, I guess I'm okay with it. But I do understand, like, after a run like this, you're going to have him lose it in some shit way. I, I could see where it would be a problem. But, yeah, I, there's, it's, like, so much in wrestling, right? It's, Unless, like, like, how the, they do it. The return of Maurice. Like, I could get into that. Oh, that, that would be the way to do it. Justin, uh, can I talk about uh, something a little askew here for a moment before we jump into the People segment Sunday Night Tweet? Sure. Uh, you had mentioned the Real Americans in the round before. I just wanted to say that I watched the first three episodes of uh, Lucha Underground this week. And do you know who showed up? Uh, it's Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. Yeah, yeah I, was as, say, uh, I was trying to think of what his name is now. Uh, it's a uh, uh, John Strong. The last name's Strong. Jack Strong. Rod. Rod. Rod Strong. Strong. He's got yeah. a strong Rod. Uh, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. He he actually lost the the first match I saw him in, but then they let him destroy everything. Oh, probably because he's a huge job daddy. That's it's probably why. It was weird seeing him, but yeah. he was facing a guy named Big Bad Steve, who I thought had a great name. He was so. like Big Bad Steve. <laughs> I'm here, and I'm strong, and I'm going to beat you. I didn't realize you would also watch Lucha Underground. Yeah, that was the promo, right? <laughs> that was exactly it. I'm coming for you, Steve. Justin, you asked for it. They asked for it. You get it. It is the return of the People segment. It is the return of Sunday, Sunday Night tweet. tweet. Justin, what Sunday Night Tweet is, is most weeks, some weeks, one week, every now and then, I look over the website, Twitter.com. When you can be bothered to look at the website, Twitter.com. I rarely do it. I don't much care for that site, except I do, and I like it a great deal, but I don't for the sake of your joke. Uh, and Twitter is... Uh, it has active members of the WWE rosters accounts on it. I go and I look at these people and I look for tweets that are uh, askew, funny, silly, in character, out of character, basically anything that piques my interest. Yeah, some days you're just sitting on the couch, you're thinking to yourself, 
What's my favorite wrestler up to? That's basically it. I then screenshot those tweets. I read them aloud to you, Justin, and based off of basically no information, you have to guess who the tweeter in question is. Do you understand the rules, Justin? I do understand the rules. Give it to me. Tweet number one. Retweet if Roderick Strong has the littlest boots you've ever seen. The littlest boots? <laughs> I don't know. I, that's not something that's ever jumped out of me before. So this is someone who thinks uh, Roderick Strong has little boots. No, the... No, I'm going to say no, because there's so many people who are obviously just wearing running shoes yeah. with, like, a fake guard put over their shins, you know? I think I think that's true, yeah. Like, I think a lot of the time when someone looks like they're wearing boots, it's just runners, and that's it. That's, uh, I agree. There nope. are people with littler boots. Yeah, you know what? Protect the business. So you're saying you would not retweet yeah, this? Yeah, I don't want you out there wrestling matches in Asics. <laughs> Read the room. Yeah, partly because that's a Nazi shoe, you fucking asshole. Wait, Asics are... are uh... the, yeah, it's part of the uniform of the alt-right. Is that true? Yeah, khakis and Asics. Oh, my God. Wow, they really know how to dress over there on yeah. the alt-right. Uh, but, Justin, enough about who has smaller boots. Who would tweet that they want people to retweet if Roderick Strong has little boots? If Roderick Strong has the smallest boots you've ever seen? That's right. Uh, hmm. Who's beefing with Roderick Strong right now? Yeah, who's someone who would have reason to go after the man Roderick Strong? I'm going to say the bruiserweight himself. <laughs> Pete Dunne? Pete Dunne. <laughs> I was like, which one of Bait and Dunne is he? <laughs> Pete Bait? No, that sounds wrong. Bait Tyler Dunne? Dun? Bait Dunne? Bait Dunne that. Dunne Bait? I Dunne Baited. He mastered it for sure, but Justin, it is not! <laughs> Whoever the hell you were guessing. Sorry, Pete Dunn. Yeah, it is, in fact, that. Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan. The one and only Oni Lorcan. should have He's your new fave, so of course it'd be all over his feed. I mean, he did beat the absolute shit out of Roderick Strong a couple weekends ago. That's true. Back. That's true. I'm just thinking of long-standing feuds, which is why I really like those matches that they did over in the UK. Yeah. It's like, oh, like this, this – did you find that, like – I like the tournament. Yeah. You watched the UK tournament only too, right? Only night one. I haven't watched night yeah, two Yeah, I've yet. only watched night one okay, as well. Yep. But even that tag match that they did, which it's was not awesome. the title match. It was the six-man tag. Yeah, but it was awesome. Of like uh, the British Strong style versus, versus Undisputed Era. Yeah. It was great. It was super and fun. It, it felt like an, uh, a takeover. Because yeah, you got I... Moro in this special venue yeah. doing this like high-intensity match that is a blood feud, like feels earned. Undeniably, wrestling is better in a smaller venue. Yeah. It, it just something comes across. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just is. It just like it felt more special than watching an episode of NXT. Oh yeah, uh, unquestionably. In a way that like a lot of the tournament matches on that same show did not. Justin, let's get you back into the game here, because uh, you're 0 for 1. You could tie it up here if you can get tweet number two correctly, but only if you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. Tweet number two. Give it to me. I collect bear t-shirts. There. Now you know something about me. I collect bear t-shirts. Yes, that's right. There. Now you know something about me. So here's somebody who you maybe knew nothing about before, but now know that the tweeter in question collects bear t-shirts. Well, there's only one of two people that tweet number two typically happens to be. Well, who could that person be? Uh, well, there's. N I know he made his return to television in the last few weeks, so I would think that Noam Dar might have a special place on your list here. But I also know there's nothing in that tweet that's inherently a giveaway as to, like, Welsh dialect. Correct. Or slang. Scottish slang. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. That's my bad. Right. That's the okay. Scottish supernova. He's been off TV for so long, I thought he was uh, 
the Welsh welterweights. <laughs> Not your best. <laughs> no, I was trying to come up with something star related, the, and I was like, no, let's go wake uh, That's uh, yeah, you could. Uh, there's always next time. Yeah. Uh, so there's no Scottish slang. Which makes me think it's not Noam Dar. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think if there's one thing we know about the second person who usually appears in tweet number two, she's like kind of a country bumpkin. A little kind of. And I feel like like bear t-shirts definitely fits with that persona. So who is level. it, J-Mo? I am going to guess... It's the Blitzen Trapper herself, sexy Amelia Earhart, Sarah Logan. Yeehaw, Justin, indeed it is Sarah Logan. Was there a, like a hashtag attached to the end of that? That's like hashtag yeehaw. No hashtag. Just oh, wow. I collect bear shirts, ellipses, there. Now you know something about me. Well, so. Sarah, I know a lot about you. Yeah. We hear your tweets pretty often. Semi-regularly. She also burns the food that she cooks in her cast iron. <laughs> I feel like you got to be a real dummy to do that. I do not get the sense Sarah Logan is outsmarting me, but that's just me. Justin, are you ready for the tweet that is in the third position this week? Sure, let's do it. Tweet number three. Let's do it. Made mistake of asking Uber driver how he was, and he hasn't stopped talking since. Made mistake of asking Uber driver how he was. And how he was is in quotations. How he was. How he was. So I, I think I think it probably shouldn't be in Caucasian. I do think that's what the tweeter asked the Uber driver yeah. here. Uh, yeah, he for sure asked him how you is. Yeah. Man. How how he is. How he was. <laughs> how he was. How he was. How he was, was he? Like, and, he <laughs> and to which he responded, "What do you mean by that?" And he, and he said, "How he was." <laughs> And he said, I still don't understand. And then he continued talking. Yeah, and he's trying to parse it out. He's like, do you mean how are you? It's it, This whole conversation. how I be? But who is it in the third spot this week, Justin? Who's someone who, who Who's takes, riding an Uber? Yeah, who takes Ubers? Make it, so maybe somebody uh, uh, who doesn't make as much money as the main roster. Oh, somebody who'd be in NXT. I'm just saying taking an Uber, I don't see Roman Reigns doing that. All right. Maybe going from uh, their home to the performance center, for the, example. I don't know where this person lives, but it seems like a decent guess. Seems like Florida would be a good bet. I, for multiple reasons, think that could be a good guess that he lives in Florida. That he. Oh, look at you! In Florida, yeah. and there's multiple reasons why you think that is the case. That's right. Yeah. So it's part of his gimmick, maybe, that he is a Florida man. He's in the news for doing crimes. That's what Florida men <laughs> usually are. I love that Twitter account. Uh, hmm. NXT man. I'm going to say no. Lars wouldn't tweet that. I don't think Lars fits in Ubers. Yeah, Lars would like tear the door off of any car he got into. He gets moved around by crane. No, they put him in the back of like a military <laughs> fucking uh, like armored vehicle every time. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance they just like load him into one of those carnival cannons and launch him to the next city? No, you know that like <laughs> giant sized truck that's in Deadpool too. Like, yeah, the mutant containment thing. It's that. He's in that. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but he. I, if, I'll tell you, it's not Lars Sullivan. Uh, it's the third tweet. It's a man who's from Florida. Maybe two reasons to think that he's from Florida. Uh, I'm thinking Velveteen Dream, but okay. then that that seems almost too heelish for the dream. Right. You know what, though? 
Hmm. Well, uh, there's two reasons to think that. That he's from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he maybe has a lengthy history oh. in Florida. I would say that that's true. So maybe he used to work for TNA Impact, and now he works for NXT. I so didn't say that. So he's gone from Universal Studios to the Performance Center, but it doesn't make sense why he would be riding in an Uber when he is a part of the top 1%. He is EC3! Justin, you got it! You In the third slot this week, it is EC3. I mean, it only took me fucking five minutes to puzzle out your very cryptic clue there. Which one? The oh, yeah, the Florida reasons. Impact. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking he has a tan, and he wrestled for Impact forever. Oh, so he's never nude, as we learned yesterday. Yeah, uh, I got to say... He is j- 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 jacked. He is. No question there. He is. As I sit here shirtless right now, I became acutely aware of he how I on look. He is on steroids. There is a no, 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 no question about the, the, that. Yeah. Uh, Brock Justin, Lesnar, not on steroids, according to old JMO. Well, a couple of our listeners staunchly. EC3, very much on steroids. A couple of our listeners staunchly disagreed with that. Really? <laughs> I didn't see anybody write in about that. Really? Like people give you, like, private mail that you read on your own. Uh, f- uh, at least two people publicly did. Uh, Book of Flu, who doesn't agree with me on anything. Uh, and I think, I think uh, James, Blazer Bowl. Okay. I think that's right. But, All uh, right. Well, uh, if anybody ever agrees with me at some point, would love to hear from you. <laughs> well, you have to say good it, takes first. It's Jamma. never happened before, but maybe some point in the future. I mean, the, it was uh, at the end of the year when we do the worst take thing. I don't know that there's a better leader than Brock Lesnar not being on steroids. That is. I was the, talking about when he came into the company. Yeah. We started talking about 2005, and I was still picturing 2002 Brock. I think it's even worse of a take for then. The later you get, the better the take ages. He starts the most steroid. I don't know. I don't. When he comes in against The Rock, when he's like one month in, his traps go up to his ears, and he hits shooting star presses at 305 pounds. I don't think he's on steroids. <laughs> Just are you ready for tweet number four this week? Yeah. NBA, I'm officially done with you. It's been a good ride. Uh, I saw this tweet, ah. and I can't remember who wrote it. I ah. remember reading it and thinking, this is great. Yeah, it is great. Of course you would write this. Man of the people, win in my heart once again, which is why I think, if I remember correctly, it's a man on whom we just did an entire round. It's Rusev. Justin Israel, Justin Machka, you're three for four, Justin. Yeah, it was Rusev. Yeah. I remember seeing that tweet as soon as the uh, Boogie Cousins signing went down and was like, that's my man. And then you read it, and I was like, who did that again? <laughs> who was my man? <laughs> uh, I follow a lot of wrestlers. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Justin, it's time for the fifth tweet this week, and you know what that means. It's your favorite tweet of the week. You're 100% correct. Justin, this is a, a photograph of the tweeter in question. Look at this photograph Every of the tweeter in question. <laughs> Josh will ask. <laughs> You good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a photograph of the tweeter in question standing in the ring with one Jeff Hardy. Uh, there's a black and white filter on this, and the caption accompanying it is, I'm going to write a caption for this later. Ellipses. Maybe. I'm going to write a caption for this later. Ellipses. 
maybe. Yeah, so somebody who, who thinks maybe they have a caption in their future, but they're not willing to commit to, to truly doing that. Somebody who's in the ring with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, in this photograph. In this photograph! photograph! Huh. I don't know. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. Okay. So I don't know who he had a match with. I feel like I'm really outing myself on this one. Obviously, they want him to be working with Nakamura, but that dog bite has kept old Shinsuke out of the lineup for a little while. A now. little while, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can come back? Mm, yeah, he could. Standing in the ring? He's not back yet, obviously. But who was Jeff Hardy standing in the ring with? Who was writing a caption later, maybe? Who was writing a caption? What are you Googling? Are you Googling the answer No, here? I'm not. You can't I'm do not. this. I'm not. I'm Folks, he's I'm typing looking, something. I'm looking at work things. Oh, great. We're doing the fucking show. I know. I'm trying to think of who. No, you're not. You're doing work things. No, I am. This I, is why they tweeted with me. You're probably, you're probably getting most of your job done on this show. That explains the Brock Lesnar <laughs> take. Now it's all coming together. J-Mo, make your guess. Uh, somebody who's in the ring with Jeff Hardy. I don't. I have no idea. Just single male committer on SmackDown. On SmackDown. Uh... <sighs> Justin's breathing heavy. I'm he's sure, he's I'm stroking sure his beard. Sound. Yeah, that's a great one it's in a, your headphones. Yeah, it's a wonderful sound. It feels very good. Uh, ah, ah, I'm going to guess for you shortly. And I will give a wrong answer. Uh, is it Ty Dillinger? Justin, it is not the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger. It is, in fact, post-dog bite, Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura? With perfect English in this tweet. What the fuck? Uh, so there you go, Justin. So you were fun. trying to tell me when I said he's out, and you were saying he might return. I was trying to... I was trying to... You, you were know. trying to jog... My memory, in much the same way that Shinsuke Nakamura tried to jog away from that dog. <laughs> nah, you just redeemed yourself right there. <laughs> Justin, are you ready to get into what could only be called a little bit of the listener mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Uh, Justin, I'm just going to warn you on air here that uh, because I'm a giant idiot on my phone, the, the questions and the Sunday night tweets are intermingled with each other. So when I pass you the phone to read a question, don't move it or else I will be thrown off. All right, sure. Our first question this week comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at Boofer OC, and he says... Use the entire WWE roster to create two stables, one heel and one face. Mm -hmm. Criteria is just that you think they'd be cool as hell. Okay. So one of us does one, one does the other, right? Do, oh, you get the heel stable and I get the face stable or what? You could do the – whichever one you would prefer to do, you can do. I'll do the other. Can we, can we together choose who the team captains are? That seems like a great idea, yeah. So who's leading our face uh, super faction? It's got to be either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. I don't feel like Braun Strowman is like a leader. I feel like he's the muscle, so let's go with Seth. As the architect yeah. of this new group? Yeah. I don't know if he's good for that role. <laughs> yeah, never going to work. Yeah. yeah, I like Seth here. Oh, that's uh, – I should clip that and have that as a drop ready on hand. No, don't do that. Uh, and then how about for the – Yeah, in the future I'll be like, so uh, the main event of Raw, what did you think of that match, Josh? Seth I like Seth here. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> You just do the show without me. Exactly. <laughs> Probably be better. Mm. Uh, Justin, I think... All you say is, I like Seth here. The people would be like, wow, his takes have really changed. They've improved, really. <laughs> uh, Justin, I think the, the answer to lead the heel stable has to be Roman Reigns. Am I crazy? <sighs> if we're drafting it? Yeah. 
I don't think that's crazy. Seth versus Roman is an all-time feud. The, you get the Roman heel. You get the fire baby face in Seth. I think, I think that's the money. Can I tell you something? Go ahead, yeah. There was something in the roundup the other night as far as rumors go on the old cage oh, side Oh, you know seats. I love the rumors, JMO. Rumor has it! The Rumor WWE okay. plans to book Roman Reigns as a cool heel in hopes the fans <laughs> will cheer for him. Is what the rumor mill said there. I think that came from PW Insider. Wow, that is some glowing insight from the fucking dirt sheet. They're going to book him as a cool heel. It's good to know that uh, they've been watching for the past two and a half years of wrestling. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't know that he's really been booked as a cool heel. I think he's being booked as what Vince McMahon thinks is a cool heel. I think for like a year there, they were booking him as what Vince McMahon thinks is a a fine baby face. Yeah, I think. Which was horrendous. I'm talking about like post-mania, the guy, my yard, Undertaker. For the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you might be onto something there. Um, So, you know, I don't. I I mean, I think it was just a straight heel heel for a little while. Never mind the cool part. Justin, can you pull up the most recent cage side uh, rumors? Why don't we do a segment of rumor hazard? Uh, I don't want to get into a bunch of them, but there was one other one from this week that I meant to bring up earlier, but forgot. Okay. And that is that rumor has it. Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestling Observer Radio this week that he expects WWE to protect Drew McIntyre. (laughs) That could help explain the tag team with Dolph Ziggler and how that is panning out. Rumor has it. Yeah, so rumor has it Dave watched the last (laughs) month of Raw and was like, this is happening. Yeah, I can see with my eyes what is happening. I believe what they're planning here by partnering Drew with Dolph and having... Dolph look good next to Drew <laughs> is that Drew is important. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Okay, Justin, for the rest of this, uh, do you want the Roman Reigns team or the Seth Rollins team? I'll take the ooh. I'll take the Roman. No, no. I'll let you. I'll let you have the heel team. I'll I'm right. happy doing the faces. Yeah, yep. I'll, I'll probably be happy doing heels too. Actually, so you, I'll go Roman, and now we'll do it draft style. Yes. So I have Seth Rollins. You have Roman Reigns. Frankly, my team's off to a way better start than it yours. is. You really handicapped me. <laughs> I picked because I picked Seth. You picked Roman, and oh. now we're swapping teams here. Although that said, heel Roman Reigns is probably like the most interesting thing that would be on the TV. True. True. So, uh, you, why don't you go first then? All right, I am going to. Uh, Unite the Samoan Joes. Oh, oh, this is Roman awesome. and Joe oh. are the two-man power trip on my heel side. This is already such a dope team. This yeah. is already like an undeniably dope team. Yeah. Okay, I'm flipping them back. That's obviously the name of their tag team too. Is the Samoan Joes? <laughs> I fucking love that. Actually. They can't acknowledge Roman's real name. On no, TV. they no, they must. They have to. It's two K breaking. I feel like. Oh, it'd be annoying uh, if they didn't. <laughs> maybe that. Very nice. <laughs> annoying. Uh, so for me, Justin, I'm switching him back to a baby face. I'm putting him in a, a role that I feel like he needs to be. I think the Seth Rollins baby face faction is going to be getting some time. I'm going to take a, a newly baby face, Sami Zayn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, if you're going to flip alignments on somebody, I'll do yeah. that too. I figure that's in play here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I'm going to take Leather Daddy Finn Balor. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, throw the jacket back on him, but have him be a tough. So you're definitely going for, <laughs> it's funny, rumor has it, but uh, like a cool heel team, I think. Yeah, like that's, very much so. Uh, so again, my, I'm, I'm only going to build off of like what I want as a face faction, because that's mm. all I can do. And mm. there, there's a man who's, who's needing the shine, who's a natural baby face, who's going to be their 205 Live representative, and it's going to be Chad Gable. Okay. Uh, that's a good pick. I feel like you have to have I somebody. Like, I feel in like each. you're branching into 205 Live territory a little too quickly, but that's not sure. Here yeah, fair. Uh, I've I've obviously come up with a powerhouse tag team in my Samoan Joe's pairing. Okay, 
uh, I'm going to have Finn as part of his heel turn. Yep. Uh, cast aside, denounce the LGBTQ community. Oh, oh boy. And he's going to say, none of that. Oh, boy. I'm for the ladies only. So, obviously, AJ Styles and is he, now. And he's going <laughs> to join forces with another guy who has very cool coats. Okay. The Miz is joining my team oh. in a tag team with Finn Balor called the Straight Jackets. Hey, hey there you go. <laughs> Real nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, for me, Justin, there could only be one next pick. It's a uh, man who's going to add some uh, sizzle to my otherwise, you know, uh, it's a good group so far, but the addition of Braun Strowman is going to elevate it to making it uh, a must-watch Survivor Series team, which is sort of how I'm thinking of this. Obviously, if there's a monster uh, giant on the side of the uh, baby faces. I need a giant monster on the side of the heels as well so yeah. that those two can split off and kind of like a Hulk abomination sort of fight. That's a great comparison. Uh, and to, to make that happen, I'm going to call up from NXT Lars Sullivan. Oh, I thought you were going to take Dane there. Okay, yeah. No, Lars and in charge. <laughs> okay. I well, don't know. That didn't work as well as I yeah, thought. You're batting about 500 today. Yeah. You can do worse. Yeah. Uh, and then, so is that your final pick? No, I got five guys right now. Yeah, I think that was. Let's do Survivor Series teams. Five. Oh, really? Oh, then I feel like I, I, I didn't do well. No, I think that's. You I, ever... I would have liked to pick Nakamura also. Okay, we, we can say Nakamura too. No. Not if you don't get another baby face, I'm not taking. All right, I feel like five versus five is is a good way of doing it. And then uh, to to round out my baby face team, if we're gonna have the the Seth Rollins or rather, sorry, the the Roman Reigns shift, uh, th this interesting dynamic, I feel like I have to compete with that. And uh, I can't. There's just no way I can get around picking Daniel Bryan on a baby face faction. Yeah, you need him. He's just he is the quintessential baby face. He is fucking awesome. And Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins on a team together is some uh, some great six-man wrestling ahead of us. I'm going to pass on Nakamura, actually, because I feel like he's doing really interesting stuff as a solo right now. Okay. But I am looking at your choices as far as uh, – who did you pick as a, as a cruiserweight guy? Chad Gable? Yeah. So you got Chad Gable and you got Daniel Bryan, two kind of undersized technical wrestlers. I'm going to pick a, a guy who might be a little bit on the smaller side sure. compared to – the majority of my team, yeah, yeah. but give you a heel that can really work yeah. and have some great matches against both Chad Gable and Daniel Bryan uh -huh. and really put him in a prominent role that he has not been given so far Go either. Ahead. And that is, I am going to draft Andrade Cien Almas. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. That's my guy. Which means my uh, crew also has both Marie's and Zelina Vega. I have two lady managers. You got valets coming out your butt. So there it is. That is uh, our two factions. I think that's pretty good. I would watch that. Yeah, it sure. seems like an awesome Survivor Series team. Uh, this one comes just from Scoots Brodo, uh, the scat daddy Scoots Brodo. <laughs> I like the scat daddy. He asks, can we get some more political takes to try and drum up some controversy and get more ears on the product? I was just going to let you handle this one. <laughs> sure. I'll say it. I'll say what... Uh, the cuck lib media in Canada is too scared to say. Go ahead, j -Mo. Justin Trudeau sucks ass. Whoa! I wish I never voted for him. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think any vote that is not cast in favor of the NDP in Canada is a complete waste. Okay. Because we have seen that the Liberal Party has no balls whatsoever. They, what about that, really he came, what that he came out and he was like, hey, those tariffs, I don't like those. That was like a show of strength. Oh, and he was like, mm, I think Donald Trump might be bad. Yeah. But he didn't even have the balls to say that. 
He said, like, excuse me, Donald Trump, will you stop doing that? Or be like, he's like, uh, actually, it's very good for our economy <laughs> that we have the tariffs or whatever. He, he did not, he refuses to come out swinging against the Donald, even though Donald has no problem taking big shots at him, oh. uh, which is the sign of, some people would say, a shrewd tactician, I would say. The sign of a real pansy ass. What are you going to lose? <laughs> this guy clearly has no respect for you. If you don't fire back, you, you, like, oh, if I fire back, he'll lose respect for me. Yeah. He has none. That's Say whatever you want. <laughs> Jay, well, you're fired up. But that's not even my problem with the guy. What is? He runs on a platform of electoral reform. Yeah, that's I why I voted for him. And I, knew I said to myself when I cast that vote, I am doing this solely because he has promised me the one thing that I want so that when we come to the next election, I will never have to vote strategically ever again. And what did he do as soon as he got in office? Said no. Realized wait a second, if people don't have to vote strategically, then I'm fucked. Because nobody actually wants to vote for me. They do it because I'm a happy medium who does nothing. Scoots, what have you done? And so <laughs> he backed out on the one thing that I voted for him to do because he's like, well, if I do this, I'm going to lose. But also, if you don't do it, you're going to lose because <laughs> it's the only reason you fucking won. So fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck, like he's such a poser. He doesn't believe any of the, like, the woke things that he comes out in favor of. You could not be reading from a playbook more. Like, he's like, I know what's going to tick the boxes of what will get a good buzz on social media. I'll wear my Wookiee socks. <laughs> you like Star Wars? Name three of their albums. <laughs> you can't. You fucking idiot. I fucking hate this guy. Oh, man, this is a tough one to follow. So, yeah, there you go, Scoots. Fuck Justin Trudeau. Fuck the liberals. Fuck neoliberalism. Socialism or bust, baby. Uh, I don't think slavery is very good would be mine. I oh, think. wow. I hope. Old, I hope no. Uh, oh, you, got, uh, you know what? I'll I think match. we just lost like seven <laughs> listeners as a result of that. I, I was just going for a laugh. I'll say something shorter, uh, but I watched uh, a, uh, a documentary last week about privatized prisons. These things scare the living shit out of me, uh, and I think once slavery. Uh, it's slavery, it's for sure slavery, and, and I, I think that uh, people who are in jail currently uh, for having an ounce or less of weed on them, so like a joint, uh, when weed goes legal, should instantly be, be let out. And if you think otherwise, I, I that is you are a heartless creep as far as I'm concerned. So uh, so there you go, Scoots. A couple uh, what do you call it? Inflammatory political takes. Drum up some interest. There you go. I think mine was, I think mine was very agreeable. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with what I said. Okay, wait. I don't. I, I don't want this to be a political podcast. But do you feel like running concurrently to Donald Trump? Like we do have it good relative to him. Absolutely. So. But also, what we have good is like what America would be having good if Hillary Clinton had won, which is a party that is content to do nothing. Their whole uh, you're, you're modus operandi is maintain right. status quo. Justin, you're forgetting about, uh, what, how's it pronounced, Benghazi or something? I'm going to be <laughs> super popular if I just do nothing. If I advance nothing, if I stand for nothing, if I try to appeal for to everyone, oh, I got to be a big tent party. Got to appeal to as many voters as possible. You know what you're going to do when you try to appeal to everybody at once? Nothing. Because nobody is going to agree on anything. So fucking stand for something and do something. Otherwise, what are we doing here? 
Say what you will about Donald Trump. He's got a fucking ethos. It's horrible, <laughs> but he's doing what he wants to do. It's horrific. It's awful. <laughs> but it demonstrates exactly the problem with the Democrats and the liberals and fucking anybody who's a centrist is that Obama had the exact <laughs> okay, same all right, ability. Okay, okay. Obama had the exact same ability to do everything that Donald Trump is doing. He controlled every single mechanism of government. He could have forced through anything that he wanted. And you know what he did? Nothing. That's a problem. Why did I include this? <laughs> Scoots, you're banned for question asking for two weeks. You're crowded. I think the, I think the listeners love that. <laughs> just our next question. I think I'm going to have more people writing in to agree with me than any episode ever. That might be true. Just no more Brock Lesnar steroid dicks, and you're, you're in the clear. Yeah. JMO, our uh, next question here comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. It's our guy. It's... Doug. Doug Crab. <laughs> someone said Scoots Brodo. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Steve Crab. <laughs> Listen, Steve, <laughs> I'm here, I'm in the Lucha Zone, and Steve, I'm calling <laughs> you out. This is funny because this is the second time Doug Crap's come up on the show, and also the second time that the, the gentleman is questioning has come up, which okay. is, uh, do you think Marty Skrull would ever sign with WWE, and if he did, where do you see his ceiling being? Uh, so in terms of will he, he's one of the guys that I do feel like it's kind of inevitable. How about you? <sighs> yeah, I guess so. He has I like mean, the skill set that's so fed friendly. He can talk. Is yeah, he's a I'm good saying. talker. Developed gimmick. Good, established good character. Good wrestler. Great chicken wing. The chicken wing king. Besides yeah. me. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the same time, he doesn't really need it. Like I could, I could see him. Like that's that's the thing to me is like I know we all know because we've read the sheets that rumor has it the WWE is like gearing up to throw big money at every single guy in Bullet Club. Yeah, but like. Why? I don't know. If You've got me. If you're in Bullet Club, like, I know there was a quote that was making the rounds earlier today from Kenny Omega that was like, it would be a shame if I didn't get to wrestle WWE talent at some point. Yeah, which, which is true. he wants to join the Fed eventually. Or because have guys let go and then he wrestles them. I suppose. But yeah. th- what that says to me more likely is that he wants to join WWE eventually. Sure. Uh, but, like... Okay, maybe for him it makes sense because he would be a top guy. He is a top guy in the world. He would, like AJ, step into the WWE and very quickly rise to the ranks to the championship level. Because yeah. that's who he is and where he deserves to be. Sure. But if you are a Marty Skrull or if you are uh, the Bucks of Youth or if you are... <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You know, like anyone in Bullet Club, even Cody. Yeah. Like, look at what you have right now. The ability to do anything. Like, outside of WWE, you can really work for any company you want to. It's creatively better, but I don't think it's more stable. But don't you make more money in the end? Because you keep more of it. You're not, you know, everything that I just said about politics. (laughs) Like, please, you know. So what's his ceiling if Marty Skrull comes to WWE? The big company is not shaving the money off the top and taking it all for themselves. In the situation that the Bucks have carved out for themselves, the working man gets to keep the spoils of his labor. Which they should. And part of the spoils of their labor is being so popular that you have gotten your shit into Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. And it is so popular there that some of your shirts sell out nationwide within days when they drop. And you keep the majority of that money. Unlike WWE, where if you're a merch mover, maybe you see 5% of that growth. So if you're Marty Skrull, you're not. But do you think Marty Skrull will sign with WWE is the question. Do I think he will? Probably yes. Do I think he should? No. What's his ceiling? In WWE? Yeah. Probably cruiserweight champion. Maybe IC. 
Wow, really? I don't think he ever enters the main event picture. Interesting. Ever. Okay. Yeah, I, I weirdly feel like, and I think I've said this on the show before in relation to a different question, I think he's the one guy outside of WWE who would probably do the best in the WWE system, more than any other guy in the indies that I can think of. Really? Well, yeah, just because of the stuff that they like, the character, the gimmick, a safe style, he has those things. You might, you could definitely... I, just, I feel like Cody has gone on record to say what he's done since leaving WWE is an easier schedule that makes him more money. So if you're in that situation, why would why you ever leave? leave it? Yeah. This the next one comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy sixty nine four twenty. He All writes, good numbers. "If you had a promotion, or if you had to build a promotion rather from the ground up, but you can take one man or woman from another federation to start building around, who are you each taking? So we get one man or woman each, or pick one person. I think one person. Yeah. Uh, give me Kenny Omega." Yeah, that was going to be my answer also. Okay, then then okay, I won't do the... No, you can take him. I'll take someone else. Uh, yeah, I, if, if you want like a bit of a more interesting answer, I think Neville's a great choice here. Just like, oh, wow, just yeah. multi, multi-tool guys who can do everything. Neville can be face, he can be heel, he's good in-ring. The prom- If you remember before he went off TV, his heel promos were really coming along. Like, uh, So I think Neville's a great choice there too. But I'll, I'll say Omega, just again, he can do it all. I mean, before he left TV... He was flipping back around to the babyface side as the one guy willing to stand up to Enzo. <laughs> That's right. And that was great, too. I listened to Enzo on Stone Cold's podcast, and he says the Neville worst. was his best friend in the company. That seems so outrageous considering Neville left the company because he had the job to Enzo. So crazy. Maybe uh, Enzo's just delusional. Have we considered uh, this? I think that that is definitely worth consideration. <laughs> uh, given that on this, he also talks about he's going to be a movie director. So there you go. And now he's going to be the biggest rap star on the planet. I if his one song, well, he, uh, I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, he's going to do a whole album about how he did not do a rape. Well, that's uh, I. I know most of the music I listen to is about that. Yeah. So uh, good, good start, Enzo. I love when delusional people say they didn't do rape. It's very <laughs> believable. Our next question is a two-parter, and it comes to us from Andrew Dalbar. That's a, at a Dalbar on Twitter, and he asks, uh, "How long would you keep Velveteen Dream in NXT?" So let's ask. Let's answer that one uh, first. How long would you keep a Velveteen Dream in NXT, JMO? Uh, if it was up to me. I'd put him on Raw tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So like the sooner the better. He's raring to go. I, he, it's like I said last week. Right? And I can't remember who said this, who I was quoting, talking about you learn the specifics. Like, you learn the fundamentals of being a wrestler in NXT, but you learn how to be a wrestler on the main roster. Yeah, and I think that stands true. Because, like, I don't know, like, like we said after the match happened with Ricochet, like, Velveteen Dream has the fundamentals, but he's also been exposed a couple times as yeah. not being as good as we think. Not as smooth. You're maybe, not yeah. going to learn to get that smoothness by working once a month. Yeah, it's the house show circuit. Yeah, that, you that, need uh, to be on that house show circuit. You need to be wrestling five days a week to really pick up the craft and advance and, and become the wrestler that we all want him to be. And the character is obviously already there. I think he'd be one yeah. of the most compelling people on Raw if he was <laughs> on the show. Instantly. He'd be Instantly. the most compelling guy on Raw. Yeah. So For me. I'd call him up right away. Uh, selfishly, I, I'd like to see him maybe finish out the year and come up after Mania, but that's not to say I don't you think he could come up. You want him to get like a title run first? Uh, not even necessarily a title run, but like the takeovers are my favorite piece of wrestling to watch, and he's one of my favorite pieces. Like I feel like TakeOver lost something last month without having Andrade Almas on there, and they're not using him on the main roster. So it's like so many of these call-ups, if they don't have something for him... Keep him in NXT where he's whipping ass. Yeah, you're you're on to something there. Uh, so, uh, Justin, uh, the second part of this question, just just give me a name here because mm-hmm. we've actually booked this in a different question before. So, just a name. Mm-hmm. Who would you have his first main roster feud be against? Oh, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, 
It's a tricky one, right? Because I feel like the opponent does matter for him a little bit more than some other guys. It might not be the best melding of gimmicks necessarily. Yeah. But I know we used this gentleman as the answer for a few things earlier. Okay. I think an introductory feud to Raw, dealing exclusively with the people who are on Raw currently, Mm -hmm. given that I think Dream is kind of a heel, even though he has cheerable qualities. Yeah, but he's a heel for sure, yeah. Uh, I would put him in like a two-month feud against Chad Gable. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, sort of a great other side of the coin, a guy who can do the good matches. I like that one a bunch. Uh, And I think like... I think we all agree that Chad Gable is a great worker and that there's something very endearing about him as a personality also. Definitely. But I also think we would all agree that his look is trash. <laughs> his hair is terrible. I like the hair. His gear is awful. Gear could use work. So, like, I think as, like, a fashionista, there's a lot that, like, Dream yeah. could glom onto and that, like, you're a mess. You Interestingly, know? that nugget is also why I'm picking my guy for who I would have it be. And I won't expand too far, but I think there will be people who don't like this take, but I, I, I really think it is. I, I'd love to see him feud against Bray Wyatt. When he comes up, oh, uh, I think a babyface Bray, yeah, babyface Bray against Heel Dream, uh, Dream basically bullying this backwoods loser who's got a tummy and all this sort of thing. It's uh, city versus country, basically that, yeah. Uh, and also, let's because I do feel like Velveteen Dream can dabble with those supernatural guys in a way not everybody can, right? Uh, but I think Dream could. So yeah, Dream and Bray Wyatt would be my uh, uh, my call up feud. I can't. Am I asking this one? I can't even remember. Uh, no, you're no, supposed I to ask am. me. Sorry. This one comes to us from Fruits Are Edible, our friend Craig Tamble. The brewmaster. Says, Give me some of your NXT sleepers that you feel deserve a big push and mm. could eventually be top flight talent on WWE down the road. Uh, this one's easy for me. Uh, Donovan Dijak. This is a guy who uh, I haven't is, – is, I think he's on the NXT house shows. He hasn't been on NXT television that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his Matt Riddle matches, his Keith Lee matches, like – Donovan Dijak rules. His look's kind of lame, but uh, I think they might see in him, like the big cast release and the entrance of Donovan Dijak. Uh, I'm not going to say they're they're one in the uh, one led to the other, but it certainly doesn't hurt. So I'll say Dijak. Anybody come to mind for you, JMO? I mean, I feel like the one guy who you could point to as an NXT sleeper recently had his coming out party, and that is Oni Lorcan. Yeah, I, I. I mean, we were waiting for Biff Busick to do something cool for like it feels like two years, just about. Gosh, that that might be he true. Signed a long time ago. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely true. What about uh, Danny Birch, his tag partner? Um, I don't, I don't know that yeah. I really like that guy a whole heck of a lot. You know, what? I'm gonna go with somebody who debuted in the crowd at Takeover. Oh yeah, that's Keith Lee. You just Dude. mentioned him as having a great match with D-Jack. Dude, I've been sleeping on Keith Lee. I've been big time sleeping on. He Keith doesn't. Lee. I worry about how his look is going to translate. Sure, because he's a big guy. He's a little. He's on the chunkier side. Yeah. But does he look like he looks big for an indie guy? You know, is he gonna look big? As a WWE guy. That's a great question. Or is Vince going to look at him and be like, oh, what's this fat bastard doing here? Is he dancing in three weeks is your concern? Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, there's real real concern about that. I mean, you you look at like a match like Chris Hero versus Keith Lee. Which is an amazing match on uh, the Indies. I don't think I've seen it. It's you can watch it for free on uh, on YouTube. It's uh, from Beyond Wrestling. Oh, cool. Maybe I will. Uh, but you know, you look at both of these guys' bodies. Uh, you might have to come around. Okay, I'll come around here. I'll look at computer. these guys' bodies. Like you know, I I think that an indie crowd would watch this match and be like, "Holy shit! 
Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, hosses. Holy shit. And Vince McMahon would look oh, at these yeah. two guys and be like, hit the fucking gym they look like shit. Yeah. In a way, Chris Hero does look more like shit there than uh, Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith <laughs> Lee looks like like an Owens thick and strong to me more I, than I guess, yeah. schlubby. Yeah, but I just, uh, you know. I think Keith Lee's a great answer there. He's, he's, uh, he's a heavier fellow, and I sometimes worry. I feel like... Kevin Owens is the exception and not the rule. I think that's true. Just our final question this week comes to us from Dr. Kurt Hamilton Esquire at Kirk of Doom. Oh. Uh, and he asks, if you had to make a video game starring wrestlers that is not a wrestling or fighting game, what would it be and who would be in it? Uh, I've got it. Yeah, go ahead. It's a WWE dating simulator. <laughs> These games are very popular, particularly in Japan. Like a Persona sort of. I don't know. I've never played Persona. It has like a dating sim. It's a sim dating element. sim. Also turn-based RPG, but yeah, partial. God, man. It's Mike's like favorite shit in the world. Now it's even. He is just the worst. <laughs> did he hear last week's show? He did, you? yeah. And he was like, just so you know, I don't mind that you did that. I was like, oh, well, if you did mind, I was for sure going to go back and remove it. Yeah, for sure you wouldn't do that anyway. <laughs> I think he just liked being talked about. Of course. He probably loves this right now, too. Yeah, let's stop. Yeah, but no, for someone who uh, jerks off to Persona 5, I don't know if he actually does that, but it sure seems that way. <laughs> Uh, I am disappointed to learn that it's a fucking dating simulator. Well, it's also a turn-based RPG and like a and like also, a high school. Yeah, sim I thing. mean the big selling point that he said for me was like, "You fuck your teacher." Well, and that's when I was like, "Evaluate your life choices, buddy." <laughs> just uh, sort of expose yourself. Yeah, I love this WWE <laughs> dating simulator. Pick three starting characters. No, wait. Who's the female? You at the beginning you can pick you're a male or a female. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy you play through this dating sim as, and who's the woman you play through? For as? sure, Bailey is the woman. Oh, that's yeah. It's just like in high school. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And the guy is probably, uh, I don't know, probably like a a youthful version of like Daniel Bryan, maybe. Okay. I'm trying to like, I would have said Sami Zayn a year ago, but yeah. now he's been tainted. Um, how do you feel about Goldust in this <laughs> Goldust as the male protagonist? <laughs> Just so hard to get anyone to fall in love with you. <laughs> like at the end of every day, you have to breathe on them. No, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like there's a difficulty setting, right? Like yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not pick your gender, it's pick your difficulty. Yeah. So if you pick Bailey, that's easy mode. Yeah. And if you pick Daniel Bryan, that's medium. And if you pick Gold Dust, that's hard mode. And if you pick Finn Balor, it's like casual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Justin, that will do it for this week's episode. I just did your yeah. sign off bit. Yeah. That was so weird. I mean, you didn't even pick your game, but I feel like there's no topping mine. No, I, I fully okay, agree. Okay, well, we got our starting characters, but we need our, like, Who's our roster of hunks? Oh, okay. So who are you trying to date? Okay, yeah, so I like, feel like Alistair Black has to be one of them. Yeah, he's like the he's if you're a theater sure kid. A type. Yeah, if he's if you're a theater kid, he's like the top of the pop. Adam Cole for sure yeah. is one of our hunks. A big time babe, Adam Cole. What about Handsome Rusev? Handsome Rusev, sure. Yeah, he's like the star athlete. I feel like yeah, the football he's like, captain. Yeah, for sure, quarterback. Uh, uh, who else is a big time stud? Who else do I want involved in this game? Who is, uh, I mean, I know, I feel like Miz is your theater kid. Yeah, yeah, he is an act. But Miz is also like your popular prep. Yeah, he's, but he's like a preppy asshole. Yeah, he's the, the rich. Yeah, he has the rich parents. He's like secretly nice. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. On the For f- you Veronica Mars heads <laughs> out there, he's like Logan Eccles. Oh, there are tens of them. Uh, and then for the women, I guess, uh, Sasha Banks. Definitely. Uh... 
Alexa Bliss is like your popular cheerleader. For sure, she's in there. Um, although Naomi is also like an actual cheerleader. So Naomi. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Nia has to be in the game. You're saying that because you don't want to seem rude. <laughs> You really are. I think that is beautiful, but is she in like she's one of the more attractive? I'm just saying she has to be in the game. What I is the bully? <laughs> <laughs> she's not like most girls, Justin. Yeah, you step in and stop her from being mean to Alexa. Well, that's okay. Well, that's good. So there, I think that's the game, right? Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, clearly, obviously, from what I know about Persona Five, it's very important that you have like a teacher that you can fuck in the yeah, game. Yeah, so like also. a Steph McMahon. Uh, I was gonna say Lita. Oh, that makes sense. But also your boss in terms of yeah, stuff. Stephanie McMahon. But then part of the WWE game is that you fuck Stephanie McMahon. That seems weird. Well, Triple uh, H is the principal, maybe. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm going to use the the term of the day. Uh, Shane O'Mac's kind of daddy, right? Like yeah, he's like yeah. An older guy. He is the Mac daddy. Yeah, he could be like the gym teacher who. Uh, you, yeah, that's the. It's a little. Uh, whoa, wait, you know, uh, off board. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, there you go. What's it called, I guess, to close out this question? Uh, mm, that's a good question. Let me let me Google right now, like, a Japanese dating simulator. And then we'll work to, the, the WWE to, like, as see what, it. like, the naming conventions are. Of yeah, Google Google Japanese dating sim. This will turn out well. This will <laughs> The 17 weirdest Japanese dating sims ever made, according to Ranker.com. <laughs> Who decided that there would be 17? What's, why does that list need to be 17? <laughs> Number well? one is called Brother Falls in Love. <laughs> so I'm going to call our game Good Brother Falls, falls in, in Love. love. <laughs> I'm going to call our episode that, too. And that will do it for this, for this week. week's episode. Once again, you can support the program by heading on over uh-huh. to patreon.com slash topmarks, where we will be reviewing, as we said earlier, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, I'm I believe I believe the reason that Doug might have picked this is that I've gone on record before to say I one of the first shows that I really have a memory of watching is the Raw after St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, okay. He he some, did. Uh, he some, DM'd me and said it's just like one of his favorite pay-per-views, Oh, he just too. picked it at random. Yeah, he, he said he thought a lot about it, but he was like, I picked like one of my favorite pay-per-views. I want to hear you talk Clearly, about it. Clearly, I'd seen wrestling before that, but that seems to me like the first Raw that I ever like taped on a VCR mm. and watched all the way through so that I could go talk about it at school the next day. And of course, if that doesn't sound that interesting to you, our back catalog is of course up there for only the $5, including yeah, last month's... are uh, just loving Tournament of Death 17. That is, was a, they, I think... I think that's my favorite bonus marks that, that we have. I don't really remember much of the show, if I'm being honest. Unsurprising. <laughs> but all that's available, like you said, Jame, over at patreon.com slash topmarks. Your support's always appreciated. Yeah. Uh, and until next week, be hot. Be spicy. Taste great. Because you're curry man! Titus Worldwide! It's Curry Man Day! <laughs> it really should always be. Oh, dude, I was... Dude, oh, fucking Christopher Daniels got added to All In today. I saw that. that. Him, and, him and Kazarian. Are they wrestling together? Like, has the adi- Oh, I guess we don't know. If they wrestle as the addiction, I would, that's I would imagine. Cool. No, it's the, it's the three-man trio. Uh, PSU or whatever. It's, oh, okay. What, is that the name of it? I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, him, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Frankie Kazarian. Dude, 2018 Ring of Honor, you just could not get me into. Uh, yeah, I'm not into it really either, obviously, but uh, that, I was excited to see him get added. 
Because I think we oh, both sure. are on the record as being very disappointed in the ECCW match that he had. Well, I, mean, I want to see the man work. I mean, how could you be anything? But, I mean, he hit the BMW. Maybe they brought them in to introduce a three-on-three match. That seems like the natural way that that would go, right? Like they have a – don't they have a trios title? Uh, I don't know that All In has any titles. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. This seems like a low end. What a, yeah, what a shitty note to end on. You really oh. fucked up the show there. I know, I, especially after your great line about good brother falls in love. I yeah. mean, that that Jesus. Christ. Okay, hang on. I could tell a joke here yeah. if uh, if we think that might raise the mood. Okay, well, I'm just gonna here. here. I'm gonna leave a blank space, okay. and so when we think of a joke, like an hour from now, we'll come back and we'll tape the joke, and I'm gonna leave like a pause, and then you and I will just laugh uproariously. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? For yeah. Are you ready? All right. Edit point. Jamo, Justin. Oh, that joke. Why are you saying my Uh, name? It was your joke. uh, Yeah, I mean, I can hardly control how good my joke was. It uh, it was like a spirit came into me and emitted it from my body. It's like I didn't even tell it. It was something within me I've never felt before. This must be what it's like to be a spirit's talking through you. I am enlightened. You're a vessel. Amen. Titus Worldwide!